Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, we made it back in time. That was a uh, that was an interesting let the sawdust fly today. Anyway, lots of things uh, going on. The, this morning, Kenny, I happened to notice on the morning take, they were having a big discussion in Minnesota about electric school buses. <laughs> Uh, they said, look, uh, the, the story was discussing whether there was a potential there for school buses to be electric buses. And they shared feedback from all over the state about electrifying school buses. The verdict was, look, low emissions, long-term cost savings are great, but the high short-term costs and lack of charging stations, and also, uh, even if you had more charging stations, even if you built them in in school facilities, like in school bus barns and things like that, um, you got to have your batteries up to a certain level, or else you're not going to be able to charge them up. So there was a lot of discussions about the pros and cons, uh, but they, the bottom line in the story that I looked at said, it's too early to be thinking about having a whole fleet of school buses that are electrified that you plug in. By the way, I don't know if you noticed today, Kenny, but today is a special day, as always, on the calendar. Today is Happy National Backward Day. Yeah, I missed that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means, National Backward Day. May, may, evidently, you do everything backward. Huh, it's National Hot Chocolate Day. Is it? Okay, that's yeah, a okay, good yeah, one. I, see I that. like that. Backwards Day. Yeah. No, we don't want to go backwards. Yeah. Hmm. It's okay. uh, Eat Your Brussels Sprouts Day. Oh, that's not a good day for me. Why? Well, I, that's one of the vegetables that I am not a huge fan of. Really? You know, it's funny you say that because I don't mind Brussels sprouts. As a matter of fact, I kind of oh. like them. I'm not a big fan of broccoli. Broccoli is like putting a tree in your mouth and trying to chew it. It is. Like, it is. Isn't why it? Why You're absolutely eating this? right. I'll eat the Brussels yeah. sprout. The broccoli. Well, eh. yeah. Now, my my favorite among those three though is cauliflower. I like cauliflower because it's it's easier to digest. It's easier to eat. It's not quite as gassy. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's not get off on that. So, a couple of things going on. Uh, today, uh, we got notification, well, actually yesterday, that uh, Congressman Pete Stauber is going to be running for re-election. We all knew that was going to happen. Uh, don't forget, at the bottom of the hour today, we're going to have a visit right after the news from uh, uh, from Senator Ron Johnson from the great state of Wisconsin. He wants to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in the border, the, uh, the fact that uh, President Joe Biden is now trying to blame Republicans. Can you believe that? For the influx of illegal immigrants coming across the border. He, he's basically said, look, if you just give me the budget I want, if you just give me any amount of money that I can get, I'll find a way to cut back on the border a little bit, maybe. <laughs> I'm not buying it, but we'll see what uh, we'll, we'll see what Senator Ron Johnson has to say. But anyway, Congressman Pete Stauber has come out, and you know what? We've got to we've got to support people like him, and and also people like Natalie Zalesnikar, 
who uh, got herself elected for the first time back in 2022. Made history, Natalie did. Uh, For the first time ever, a Republican won an election to represent the great people of northern Minnesota in the Minnesota House of Representatives with only a 33-vote margin. Yeah, and she was the first one to do it since the 17th century. Yes, that's right. Oh, I'm sorry, the 1970s. 1970s. And she only (laughs) won by 33 votes. Yeah, she took out Mary Murphy. Yeah, incredible. That was cool. It was very cool. And so, you know, I think we, as as common sense, conservative type thinking people, we need to step up when we've got people like uh, Congressman Pete Stauber, Representative Natalie Zaleznikar, and we need to step up and make sure that we support those kinds of people. Um, Pete Stauber, we know, has uh, constantly been fighting for the working uh, people of northern Minnesota, especially the logging industry, especially uh, uh, situations like where our president keeps saying uh, we need to electrify everything, we need to drive electric cars, electric buses, and yet the materials that we have to make that happen are located right here in northern Minnesota in the 8th District. We could be mining uh, you know, nickel and zinc and copper and all of those kinds of things right here. But as soon as we talk about mining them locally, then all the environmentalists go, oh, no, you might. There's a possibility that it could, uh, you know. Families are struggling. Democracy's at risk. This is according to, this is according to a, a Pete Stauber's uh, opponent, um, you know, Schultz. She says, uh, you know, that uh, families are struggling, democracy at risk, women and human rights are under attack, uh, and international tensions are flaring. Well, some of that's true. I don't think women. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, but it's happening under Biden's watch. Well, that's very true. <laughs> that's her boy, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, By the man. way, have we uh, have we gotten back at the... Uh, at whatever terrorist organization it is yet that has killed three of our uh, service members uh, from Georgia? No, uh, that so. happened in Jordan uh, a few days ago, yes. and you were talking about that at length yesterday, and we can certainly yeah. talk more about that. Brad, I do have Matt Boo on the phone from Duluth Stone well, and wonderful. Fireplace. Then let's, uh, let's hold off talking about this kind of stuff and talk to our friend Matt Boo about uh, making sure that you're home is set up comfortably and warm with the help and the uh, warmth of Duluth Stove and Fireplace. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing just great. How are you guys? Very good. Very good. We uh, we had to let the sawdust fly uh, happen again this morning, and uh, we had an interesting guest from down in the southern part of the country. But logging is basically the same from everywhere. Um now you if I remember right at Duluth Stove and Fireplace you guys actually have connections for people if you're buying a wood burning fireplace you can set them up with connections to buy the wood that they might need to make that happen as well. Oh sure. Yeah, yeah, we work with uh, one or two uh wood suppliers, processors. Uh yeah, no, that's it's it's important too cuz one of the well, the component, obviously, the main component is wood, but uh, the 
the quality of wood is a very important part of the dynamics of wood burning. And so exactly. you, you want some good hardwood, maybe some softwood, but you got a temp or a moisture reading between 12 and 17 percent. And uh, these new high-performance stoves, uh, uh, wood get uh, wet wood would just throw all the bets off. So when we right. sell a wood stove, we sell uh, send with them some glass cleaners, some fire starters, but we also send a moisture meter because that's how important it is. Uh, for making sure you've got good seasoned or dry wood. Now, when somebody's putting away their wood for a wood-burning fireplace, should they be covering it or having it in an area where moisture is not going to get to it? Yeah, the best place is if you're outside is to have it stacked up in a spot where air can get through and it's covered. And the Kind of a nice tool is EPA.gov. They've got a BurnWise on their website. Talks nothing about everything about storing wood and uh, moisture content. So it's a real helpful tool. Wonderful. Good. So it's called what now? Well, it's EPA.gov is the website. EPA.gov. Okay. And BurnWise is the is a page on there that you go to. Right. You know, we, we've kind of lost track over the last few weeks that we've been talking about the fact that you guys do a lot uh, with saunas. And in the Northland, saunas are, and is it because of our uh, large Finnish and Norwegian populations that those people normally love to have a sauna, that, that we seem to see more saunas up here than probably most other places around the country? Uh, that's true. That, that population, Scandinavian population, is really good for, for the saunas uh, because they've grown up with them. But yeah. the other thing is uh, heat therapy is kind of an in thing now. And so uh, the younger crowds are getting into saunas. and They're doing hot yoga in saunas. They're doing heat therapy, uh, cold plunges. So it's, uh, it's kind of moved in more therapeutic. Oh, it has been, but... You know, you're you're absolutely right because I've got uh, probably the only part of my body that isn't artificial anymore. One of my hips is real. <laughs> the other one's not. But my real hip has started to act up a little bit from time to time. And I find if I use Icy Hot or some other product that puts a lot of heat in the area, it's much better. Oh, yeah. No, uh, uh, heat therapy is a, is a great program for people. And that's, you know, the IR rooms, infrared rooms, and the traditional saunas can provide that. It's just sure. how much how much humidity you want in the room. And and you guys over there at the Lewis Stoven Fireplace, you have uh, everything for saunas all the way right down to an entire sauna unit, all the way up to just uh, equipment and accessories for sauna. So whatever you're looking for, you've got it over there at the Lustoven Fireplace. Yeah, we can a la carte it, or we can do a complete unit. Uh, we're, we are even uh, building custom saunas for people. So That's somebody, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's been, been good. Now, the, the question that has come up, a number of times when I've talked to people about saunas, saunas in the past, they say, well, if if we have a sauna in the basement, isn't that creating a lot of humidity down in that area? 
But that's not necessarily the truth, is it? You can take the humidity and draw it right out of the house with a exhaust system. Oh, correct. You know, so a, a sauna session is going to put about as much humidity into the room as uh, boiling water or a real hot shower. And so okay. depending on the location, if you're in an area where moisture can accumulate, then, yeah, a mechanical fan would be the perfect thing, just like a bath fan. Um, yep. But in some cases, you don't. It dissipates enough in the, in the house, so it doesn't pose a problem. Well, Northlanders, uh, no matter what your needs are, what your thoughts are, if you've been thinking about a, uh, a secondary heating unit for your home, uh, may, maybe because you just want to make sure that if something happens uh, in the dead of winter, 20 below, when that day may come someday in the future, uh, that you have a secondary source, or just because of the ambiance that is created by a beautiful wood-burning stove, uh, uh, you know, in the middle of the floor. I, I visualize uh, a nice living room. Uh, some of the people are watching the football game on TV. Kids are may and play, maybe playing uh, board games on the floor. And you've got uh, Grandma over there in the corner knitting. Uh, all these things become better, more functional, and enjoyable part of having a home if you've got the uh, the furnace or the fireplace to make it happen. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, inserts are a perfect example. These older Duluth homes, you know, they've got these big drafty masonry fireplaces that are causing air to go rushing out and taking heated air and rushing it out. And you drop a wood insert or a gas insert in there and you, you turn the dynamics of that home around. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, we better let you tell people how to get a hold of you, where you're located. Uh, most everybody knows already, but I'm going to let you tell them where you're located, how to get a hold of you, what hours of operation you're there at Duluth Stove and Fireplace. We're on the corner of 25th Avenue West and Superior Street. Our showroom hours are Monday through Thursday, 8 to 6, Friday, 8 to 4.30, and Saturday, 9 to 2. Telephone number is 218 9002 and the website is bluthstove.com all right thank you matt boo appreciate it and uh i know that you in the northland will appreciate what they have to offer if you just get over to Duluth stove and fireplace and take a look at the options they've got fantastic stuff well kenny before we run out of time here and i know we're uh we're almost up well we're actually at that place where we should be doing our uh, first uh, break here before we get too far along. Um, we're going to take our first break here, and then we'll be back with more on Sound Off 610 KDAL. Time 128 43 degrees. The music of Richie Valens. Uh, Brad, it was six, yeah, 65 years ago today. The winter uh, dance party uh, came through Duluth. Uh, Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, JP uh, Richardson, uh, Frankie Sardo, and Dion in the Belmonts. My goodness, uh, Dion went on to have some uh, 
Huge success. He had and some huge hits. He's yeah. still alive at the age of 84, but uh, that night at the Duluth Armory was a Saturday night, Brad, 65 years ago today. I'll bet you there was a pretty full house, too, I would think. You know, it really is amazing to think that a young Robert Zimmerman was in the crowd. He wasn't even Bob Dylan yet, technically. (laughs) No, he was probably learning how to play a little guitar and, you know, was probably thinking that some of these guys were his idols and was going to go check them out. But, yeah, it has to be... uh, it had to be just a phenomenal thing. And, of course, it's the memories from that kind of an event and those kinds of events yeah. that have made a lot of people want to keep the armory yes. and make it some sort of a music uh, it's a, you know, place it's a, to remember. It's sacred ground to some uh, to some because of the this uh, winter dance party that was there, because Bob Dylan was there, because Bob Dylan said he thought that... Uh, uh, Buddy Holly looked at him and uh, was communicating with him, uh, you know, in a uh, kind of a weird way. But it is what it is, and that's what Bob said, and we're going to go along with that. But uh, I did want to say something real quickly that I yes. remember that. Well, kind of, sort of. I think I was wiggling in my high chair. <laughs> Listening yeah. to the music. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I don't know that music will ever be that just, you know, comfortable again. I mean, those early rock and roll days, the music was unique and different, yet it was, it was innocent. It you was, know, the, it was, it was, it was the, a day, it was a part of our innocence of youth. Amen, Brad. It was the, really the birth. It was the start of rock and roll. I mean, Chuck Berry and uh, Little Richard and even Elvis had already started. Elvis was in the army when Buddy Holly performed at the Armory in Duluth. Elvis wow. was in the Army still. Incredible. Yeah, it really is something. And uh, again, we're talking 65 years ago today, January 31st, 1959, Saturday night at the Duluth Armory, the uh, winter dance party with Buddy Holly and all those others. And yeah. So many great memories. Well, look at uh, we're at that point. We got to do our CBS News, and then I think we're going to have uh, Senator Ron Johnson join us when we come back from that. So let's do our CBS News break, and then we'll come back with more here on a Wednesday edition of Sound Off. KDAL time is one thirty-five, forty-two degrees in Superior National Weather Service in Duluth, forty-three. Uh, We're looking for a record today, Brad, 48. Uh, We'll see. But uh, in the meantime, we do have uh, Senator Ron Johnson on the phone. Senator Ron Johnson from the great state of Wisconsin, thank you so much for coming on with us again. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's uh, 44 degrees here in Washington, D.C., so you guys are going to be warmer than we are. (laughs) That's going to be a first. I can't believe it. It has been a nice, mild uh, winter pretty much. Uh, what uh, the, the the latest thing uh, that we're seeing uh, that I keep reading every day is that uh, the border issues are going to be a major role in this year's presidential election. Are you feeling that as well? Yes, and it should be. I mean, the President Biden and his Democrat uh, colleagues in Congress, I mean, their open border policy is a clear and present danger to America. Uh, you've got FBI directors saying that all the warning signs are flashing, that uh, the threat from foreign terrorist organizations is as high as, or if not higher than 9-11. Uh, 
I mean, if, if you're a foreign fighter, how, how would you get in the U.S. through our completely open border? So it certainly should yeah. be. Um, we, we just came from a lunch where, you know, we, we're trying to get our leadership to describe, you know, exactly what's in the bill. And they've described something. And, and you know, some of the things that concerned us a great deal, but we haven't seen any legislative language. What I think was interesting about lunch is they finally explained, well, the holdup in the legislative language are the Democrats. I mean, they, they you know, whatever Senator Langford has, has actually negotiated, they, they don't want to agree to. And so they are just trying to, you know, stick little loopholes in, you know, all over the place. And, and so Republican negotiators and their staffs are going to have to, you know, are going through the stuff in a fine-tooth comb. And it's just, it's just like pulling teeth. But, again, that's, that's been the flaw of these negotiations. We're negotiating with people who want an open border that are the root cause of the problem. I mean, they caused this. This didn't fall in their lap. I mean, they opened up the border and caused this crisis. I've been saying it's like trying to negotiate with an arsonist and put out uh, his or her fire. It, it's an it's a almost impossible task. Well, yeah, it, you're absolutely right. It is. And then you see some of the things that are happening around the country. For example, uh, New York City has uh, basically said, uh, yeah, we're a we're a open uh, open border policy city, but we don't want any more. You're sending us too many migrants. Now, yesterday, uh, there was a story that came out of New York that uh, two uh, New York City police officers and a lieutenant went to break up a little altercation that was going on outside of one of the migrant housing centers, and they were attacked by a group of about ten of these illegal immigrants that uh, started pummeling the police department. I mean, we've got some real problems that we're bringing into this country, and we don't even know it. Well, Brad, you know the problem we have, the mainstream media being basically the communication arm of the Democrat Party. The only reason this is getting more play is because you have people like Mayor Adams, the the mayor of Chicago as well, uh, these declared sanctuary cities that are realizing it's not such a good idea. So New York, for example, yeah. got about 100,000 migrants. That's so less than 2% of the more than 6 million that have gotten into this country under the Biden administration. And Mayor Adams goes public and says, this is going to destroy New York City. Well, you know, I hate to tell you know, Mayor Adams that this is going to destroy large and small cities. I mean, the impact here is going to be felt for decades. But I appreciate him finally speaking out, you know, three years too late. Um, but that's yeah. the only reason this is getting this is getting a play. The, the mainstream media has been covering up for Joe Biden on a host of issues. You know, Hunter... You know, all of this. And this is finally getting covered a bit, a little more honestly in the uh, mainstream media. But, you know, right now, because the, the border negotiations are going slow and Democrats, is, you know, we're finding out they're, they're just digging their heels in on the language. You know, so we haven't been able to see it. So now the shift is, well, it's Republicans are the, are the hang up with the border negotiations. It'll be the Republicans fault. Nothing could be further from the truth. If Joe Biden wanted to secure the border, he could do so. He has the exact he has the legislative authority now to do it he just won't do it so negotiations about passing a bill that will force his hands to do it but again i think democrats are primarily just negotiating for political cover they're not serious about actually securing the border and that's that's a danger the republicans it's a trap we better not fall for well yeah in fact i i have found it almost laughable humorous when I see President Joe Biden trying to blame what is going on on the southern border on the Republicans. I mean, here's a guy that when the uh, when the uh, uh, when the governor of Texas 
tried every way possible to stop the flow of illegal immigrants, he threw a roadblock in every one of the issues. When they wanted to put barricades up and down the uh, river, not across it to impede the uh, flow of traffic, but up and down to uh, impede the flow of illegal immigrants, he said, oh, you can't do that. We're going to take you to court. We're going to have it pulled out. Same thing with uh, with the barbed wire to try to slow down the flood of people. He said, we're going to send our people in to cut the barbed wire and we're going to charge you with things. And then Texas came up with a law that said, if we round you up on the street and we find out you're here illegally, we're going to charge you with illegal entry into the country. And Joe Biden said, oh, you can't do that. He has... He has tried, this administration has tried at every turn to open the border up and just allow any flood to come roaring in. So as he's lying to the American public now saying that since he came in office, he's been begging Republicans to give him the authority to close the border. It's just a, it's just a bold-faced lie. And it, it is a joke, and I'd be laughing at it if I weren't concerned the fact that the mainstream media will carry his water. They'll, they'll, they'll yeah. buy it hook, line, and sinker. And they will blame Republicans, even though it's, it's, it's certainly totally on his shoulders. But you're right. And so here, here the administration is supposedly negotiating in good faith with Republicans to close the border to give him the authority to do so, even though he already has it. But at the same time, they're going to court to prevent Texas from securing the border. Again, you, you can't make it up. But it's again, I would be laughing at it if I weren't concerned about how effective the media is at covering up for and caring President Biden's water. Senator, maybe you can uh, steer me right on this, but the the information I'm reading this morning uh, says that the uh, Homeland Security Committee has approved the uh, articles of impeachment against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Does that mean it will go to a vote of, then of the House? Is that what that means? Yeah, that would be the next step. And then if it's, okay. uh, you know, voted on the House, then it comes over the Senate. Now, I'm not sure whether we'd actually have a full trial in the Senate or whether you'd create a panel of people to hear the case. That's happened sometimes in, for example, impeachment to judges where you don't have the full Senate, bit like we did during the, the Trump uh, impeachment. I, I can guarantee you that uh, with Democrats control of the Senate, you won't be convicted. Um, so, again, I, I think it's good, been a good exercise to, to just highlight the clear and present danger of the open border and just how Mayorkas and Biden have not been safely executing our laws. But in the end, you know, it's it's not Joe Biden. Yeah. If he really wanted to secure border, he'd fire Mayorkas and get somebody who's serious about it. But again, Joe Biden wants an open border. He caused the problem. Well, and I think you said it uh, when we first came on here that this tidal wave of illegal immigrants is endangering you know, our national security and straining our resources. Uh, There's a story out of Denver right now that some of the hospitals may have to close because they have so many illegal immigrants just wandering in saying, hey, I'm here, I need some health care, and I understand uh, you'll give it to me and not require me to pay for it. And it's putting a burden on so many. Yeah, Sure, and, you know, medical professionals are not going to turn people away. I mean, they're there to help, help and heal people. You know, schools, they're not turning away the migrant children. They're, they're having to pay translators to translate for the bilingual teachers because some of these kids speak a different dialect. You know, law enforcement is spending two or three times the time at a call because they can't, they, they don't understand the language. And then, as you point out in New York, you know, the, the, the migrants themselves be, become entitled 
and they expect to be treated with, with kid gloves and, you know, get all these benefits and, you know, be housed and fed. And now it's, it's, again, this is going to be a problem for decades in the future. This is going to have unbelievably harmful, detrimental ramifications for the con- this country. Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Democrats in Congress. You caused this. Well, and, and Senator uh, Senator Ron Johnson from the great state of Wisconsin, what it's doing is making a lot of people look back fondly on the days of President Donald Trump and saying, you know what, we didn't have this kinds of uh, uh, invasion coming across our border at that time. He had worked out plans with Mexico to hold him in Mexico. We had uh, some other policies in place that was limiting the numbers coming across. And it was, uh, we could go back to those days, it would be so much easier. And that's making people think, well, maybe that's what we've got to do is go back to those days. Well, I sure hope so. We had low inflation. Uh, Gasoline prices were a lot lower. Uh, We weren't engaged in wars. Uh, The the world feared Donald Trump. So you didn't have uh, dictators like uh, Putin invading Ukraine. Uh, they were concerned about what President Trump would do. So, no, I hope America, uh, Americans open up their eyes to the destruction of Democrat governance. It's, just not just, it's not just Joe Biden. I mean, it's all of them. Democrats, they embrace things like socialism, uh, wokeness. Uh, everything they've done in, in policy has weakened this country. And, of course, you only achieve peace through strength. Our, our adversaries see the weakness. And that's when they act. That's why the world's in flames as well. So no, we're, we're going down a da- very dangerous path. We have to get out this path. So it's going to take Americans to have their eyes open and reject and turn out Democrats across the board out of office because their policies are destroying this country. That is so true. Uh, as we as we move along this year in an election year, uh, it's going to be ugly because there's so much money being spent to give out opinions that aren't always very factual. Um, what what are you hearing from people in your state? I, I just read the polls this morning. The latest poll that came out actually has Wisconsin looking right now like they would vote uh, uh, for a change back to Donald Trump if the election was held t- tomorrow. In fact, here's the latest Bloomberg uh, uh, morning consult numbers uh, on Wisconsin. They have Trump winning 49 to 44 percent. Well, I would hope Wisconsinites have enough good sense not to reelect Joe Biden after what he's done to this country. Uh, but it's going to be all about a ground game. Uh, Democrats will try and use the abortion issue as they have successfully in the last uh, few statewide elections. So we, we've got to work really hard. But uh, you know, I just wish more Wisconsinites would listen to talk radio. People like Brad Bennett up there in the Superior area, up in the, the Northwest, and you know, throughout the state of Wisconsin, you know, get informed, understand what's happening in this country. You know, tune out the mainstream media and start going to some of these alternate media sites where you will get the truth. But as you know, Brad, it's getting more and more difficult to discern the truth on, on, on all sides, and, and unfortunately. So people have to be informed, and they've got to talk to their friends, family, neighbors, and just people realize our nation's in peril. We, we can't stay on this path of Democratic governance. It's destroying this country. Absolutely. Well, the only the, the only really positive thing, I think, is that the more and more I read about the uh, border policies— uh, even this morning in the Hill, which is kind of a middle of the road, you know, publication, they're saying more and more that it looks like everybody, Democrats, Republicans, independents, are more and more, all of them, understanding 
that our border has got to be secured. If we don't, if we can't secure our own border, we don't have our own society any longer. No, I agree. You know, the vast majority of Americans re- agree that we have to secure a border, which is what baffles me why Leader McConnell shows secret negotiations where we ought to be laying out this. If President Biden actually wants to secure the border, he's got the authority, but he wants more authority, we'll give it to him. But we're, we're not going to deal on this thing. We're not going to give him immigration reform. We're not going to you know, legalize more people and give them, you know, we're going to secure the border. That's what we're set out, we've set out to do, and we're going to do it. But unfortunately, yeah. Democrats, the elected ones, they just want political cover. They, they don't want a secure border. They wanted an open border. They caused this. People have to keep that in mind. Well, Senator Ron Johnson, I uh, want to thank you again for your time. As always, uh, we're up against our Minnesota news break. But uh, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, kind of letting us uh, have a little bird's eye view of what's going on in Washington on this issue. And uh, we look forward to having you on again soon. Thanks for having me on. Stay well. Take care. All right. Same to you. Kenny, we got to do our Minnesota news break. Hello, baby. Yeah, this is the Big Bopper speaking. <laughs> oh, you sweet man. Do I want? Will I want? Oh, baby, you know what I like. Chantilly lace and a pretty face and a KDAL time, 153, the Big Bopper. He was at that winter dance party, Brad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, young uh, Robert Zimmerman. I'm sure he was tapping his toe and (laughs) snapping his fingers. The the Big Bopper had his own look, didn't he? I mean, he always had those plaid sports coats and his hair slicked back. A little bit overweight. Yes, 65 years ago today at the Duluth Armory, it was a Saturday night. And my goodness, the rock and roll was on, and uh, things were happening. Uh, sadly, things didn't last. J.P. Richardson was no. 28 when he played here in Duluth. Richie Valens, 17. Buddy Holly God, was just 17. Yeah, Buddy Holly was just 22 years old. Brad. Yep. You, do you think Buddy Holly would have ever climbed to the heights of Elvis had he lived? Had I, been able to continue on? I don't know. I think Elvis was more appealing uh, to the young ladies, if you know what I mean. Um, oh, yeah. You know, sure. Elvis, he he's who he was. I mean, you're not going to dethrone the king of rock and roll. But no. I do think that Buddy would have been, he would have been more famous. Brad, he was 22. He already had a number one hit. Uh, he had, I think, four songs that had been in the top 20. And he was just getting started. He influenced uh, four young men that uh, started a band called The Beatles. The Beatles. And, yes. uh, you know, Elvis was still in the Army. Who knows what would have happened once Elvis got out of the Army? Because if you recall, Elvis got out of the Army, and he went in and took started making movies for the next 10 years. Sure. Now, has, has Todd Eckert already done his kind of uh, tribute to the dance party? Yes, he he did. Yep. Okay. And yep. that's that's always a fun event because yep. he's so talented too with it. You know, I want I wanted to dovetail on what you were talking to uh Senator Ron Johnson about. Because yeah. here you've got impeachment uh papers, orders, whatever, uh now filed yep. against Mayorkas. And uh Democrats and others are um trying to defend him 
and saying that uh, uh, these are baseless charges. Um, there's no, uh, there's no, uh, um, um, no, nothing behind. These are false allegations. Yeah. Are you watching the news? <laughs> are you seeing this flow of illegal immigrants? What did Senator Johnson say? Six million illegals. Yes. Yeah. Baseless? Well, oh, I would. Uh, no, it's not baseless. Yeah. But how about this, Kenny? How about we just revisit history just a few years ago when the same Democrats br- brought impeachment charges against Donald Trump? Why? Because he was colluding with the Russians. And of course, that was proven that that was not an issue at all. But it didn't stop the Democrats from impeaching the president. How much of this is uh, this uh, impeachment against Mayorkas an indictment against the president who appointed oh, it him? It is. It is. There's no doubt. And about what has the president said? Why doesn't the president knock on his door or call him up and say, "Hey, you got to come meet with me. We got an issue here. Uh, I'm yeah. watching the news and I'm seeing what's going on at the southern border." And I'm looking at my poll numbers, and they're tanking. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Well, listen, folks, I want to make sure everybody understands. Tomorrow is a big day for me. I'm going to be here for the first hour, and then Kenny's going to be taking over because I'm going to finally have that oral surgery that that they've told me I'm going to have. Tomorrow I am going to have a couple of teeth removed, so... But I will be back at it. They assure me I'll be able to talk on Friday. We'll find out when we when we come back on uh, Friday. But uh, tomorrow morning, uh, we'll get started. We'll do the first hour, and then Kenny will take over the show. Uh, I do want to say that uh, I've, I've read the press release from Natalie Zelesnikar. Very, very uh, positive, very upbeat, some of the things she's done. And she is so... She said that she is uh, she has really looked at this whole thing as representing the District Three B with such fondness. Uh, she said, "I am committed as a public service, not a lifetime politician. I serve on the Children's and Families Workforce Development Human Service. I'm running to continue working on initiatives that support creating great communities." And then she lists a number of her priorities, a number of her things. She wants to address non-emergency and emergency transportation needs, uh, advocating for inclusion of the middle class when it comes to talking about new housing initiatives, pushing for the full elimination of of Social Security taxes. This is that bugaboo in Minnesota where we've already paid taxes when we paid into Social Security. We shouldn't have to pay it a second time. In fact, Minnesota is one of the few states that forces us to do that. And she wants to continue to try to eliminate that. And she's working to allow Minnesotans to vote on change changes to the state flag rather than relying on some unelected commission to decide what our state flag should be. Well, folks, we'll be back at it tomorrow morning right here on 610 KDAL Radio with more sound off. It's funny, honey, you don't care. You never listen to my prayer. Maybe, baby, you will love me someday.